Hilchas Erevim Perik Vav Halacha Aleph. Moving on to the dinim of Erev Tchumen. We learned in Hilchas Shabbos that there's a prohibition of going, traveling uh, 2,000 Amos outside the uh, perimeter of a city. And we described how you define the perimeter of a city. And now we're going to learn a way around that prohibition. Someone who goes out from his city on a Friday. And he puts food, enough food to comprise two meals. Outside the city perimeter, but within the tchum. So in the space between the city perimeter. And remember we said you draw a perfect square using north as the flat of the top of the square. You draw a square around the perimeter of the houses that are included in the city uh, based on their proximity. And then you draw another square around that, exactly 2,000 amas on, in, on, on, on all four sides. Within the distance between those two squares, he puts this food, thereby symbolically establishing that's his place. He will spend Shabbos. Even though he goes back into the city and spend Shabbos in his house. It's considered as if he spent Shabbos in that spot where he left that food. That's called the that which allows you to carry out the Tchum. And Erev means mixture. In this context, the term Erev is probably borrowed from the term Erev Chatseris. It has nothing to do with mixture at all. Sitzeruvachatzeris is something which allows you to carry when you wouldn't be allowed to carry otherwise, and it's called. And we use the term eruv, so we call this eruv also because it allows you to, to travel when you wouldn't be allowed to travel otherwise. It's funny that I'm gonna put eruv tchumen in the same halacha as eruvachatzeris. They have no connection to each other, but uh, be that as it may. Halacha beis. Therefore, he can travel from this place where he puts his eruv in two thousand amas in every direction. Therefore, when he travels tomorrow. Uh, 2,000 Amis uh, further outside the city, and he can travel within the city in the other direction, only to the end of that same 2,000, 2000 Amis square, or 4,000 Amis square, 2,000 Amis every direction. However, if it turned out that his whole entire city, its perimeter, is included in that 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 two thousand amma limit. That the chash of Amadina kulok arba amis. That in that case, the entire city has a status of four amis. Viash medasi chutzalah, and he can finish off the rest of the amis outside the city, as we'll describe an example in Alachah Gimel. Kate for example, if a person puts put his eruv one thousand amis to the east. From his house, named to Mahalach Lamacher Makam and Ruvay Alpayim Amal Mizrach. So it turns out he can go from his house, from his area of 2,000 Amas to the east. Mahalach Makam and Ruvay Alpayim Amal Rayev. He can go from his area of 2,000 Amas to the west. Elaf Shemina Erevad Beis. So 1,000 of those Amas is from the area of his house, because there's 1,000 Amas between the area of his house. Ve'elaf Amal Beis Seil Psechamadino. And 1,000 Amas more to the west from his house, uh, further into the city. Uh, westward. However, he can't travel any further into the city except until the end of that oh, 1,000 Amma. If from his house till the end of the city was less than 1,000 Amas to the west, even if it was one Amma less than 1,000, so it was 999, in which case it turns out that his 1,000 Amma limit of the Tchum from his house westward which is 2,000 Amas from his area of westward. In that case, the entire city is considered to be one stretch of four Amas. He can travel further than that, 996 Amas. Which totals a total amount of 
2,000 westward from his Erev. If a person puts his area of 2,000 amas from his house inside the city, let's say 2,000 amas to the east, for example, he loses his right to walk throughout the, any, to the entire city in that direction, to the west. He can, watch, he can walk from his house until his area of 2,000 amas to the east, for example, and from his area of 2,000 amas in all four directions. Back to his house, or 2,000 amas further, Etc. North South. However, he cannot walk even one ama to the west of his house inside the city. If someone puts his erev inside Rosh Hashanah, thus far talking about about a situation where he put the erev under a tree somewhere or something it was not Rosh Hashanah. If he puts his erev in Rosh Hashanah, even if that Rosh Hashanah was a large city as large as Nineveh, which is a very big city. Even if it's a ruined city, or or a cave which is fit for people to live, point is that it was a Rishus Yachid, even a very large Rishus Yachid. Then that entire Rishus Yachid is considered his, his domain for Shabbos, and whatever uh, the, the perimeter of that large Rishus Yachid is what you measure 2,000 amas in every direction for which he can travel uh, on Shabbos. Halacha Hay will clarify that a person makes makes erev tchumen is there's no point of making it putting it inside the city. You're putting it in a place which is outside the city. Hello, A person puts his erev inside the city, which he's spending Shabbos within its perim- its uh, its uh, border, its perimeter. Uh, he has accomplished nothing. He's done nothing. You don't measure two thousand amas from the place where his erev is. He's like anybody else in that city. Who has two thousand amas in every direction, and including outside the city. So, um, similarly, he puts the erev in the place that are places that are adjacent to the city, that are so to speak attached to the city. That you that the chum is measured from outside of them. In other words. Uh, we said that when you have a city, you make a you draw a square around it using again north as the top of the square. You make a perfect square to include to, to just barely include all the houses uh, uh, inside this square, and then it's outside this square. You make another large square, two thousand two thousand amas further in all four directions. So if you put the tchum, even if it's in the in a rural area of the city, but it's ultimately inside this square because of the strange shape of the city. Perhaps it's far from any other houses. It's in a field somewhere. But still inside this square, that's like putting it inside the city. It has to be, it, 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 it's of no use, no, no importance. And you're like, you're like a regular person in the city. You put it on the other hand, outside the Tchum Bechlal, it's not an Erev. So the only relevance of Erev Tchum is if you put it outside this perfect square, which is the city perimeter, halachic city perimeter, as far as Shabbos goes, but with inside the outer square, which is 2,000 amas further than the first square. Between the two squares, that's where it's relevant to put an, an Erev. This whole idea of making Erev Tchumen to extend the boundary of value you can travel on Shabbos only be done for a mitzvah purpose. Again, for example, Ramam gives examples to demonstrate it doesn't really mean Mamash one of the Tarek mitzvahs, it means any good Tarek cause. Going, for example, he wants to go to the house of a mourner or the Mishnah or to a wedding, a wedding feast uh, to make the Chasen and Kala happy. Or to greet his teacher, or to greet a colleague, who came back from a journey. Can't explain anything of this similar nature. Um, or he's afraid. He wants to flee from non Jews or robbers. Anything of that nature. 
Of course, his life is not in danger. If his life was in danger, then the Erev is, it's Kukach Nefesh, you don't need an Erev. The Erev, if a person makes an Erev, but not for Mitzvah purpose, for just a random, uh, a permitted, permissible purpose, but not a Mitzvah, he's an Erev, the Erev still is valid. Halacha Zayin. Any kind of food which you can, you can use to make a Shituf, as we said in the previous program, any food which is not acceptable for shituf, cannot be used for erev What is the quantity of food required for erev The amount of food for two meals for every individual. That's if it's a kind of food that's eaten as a, as a, as a primary meal, like a uh, bread or, or meat. You know, lift and it was accompanying the the the, uh, the food, the, the the primary the primary uh, meal. is enough to accompany the two meals. Just as it is regarding shituf. So if you're making a erev tchum with cream cheese, you don't have to take a whole bucket of cream cheese, which is as much as you would eat for two meals. If that was the only thing you had to eat, you take as much cream cheese as you would use to accompany the bread, which you which is the primary part of the meal for two meals. It's necessary that the person and his air be in this in one makim, in one place, so to speak. It doesn't mean exactly one place, as we'll see. So it's theoretically possible for him, in theory, to eat it uh, in the time between sunset and nightfall when Shabbos begins. Um, so in the sense of uh, of uh, the same place, in this case, it really means the same Rishus, as we'll see. Therefore, if he intends to spend Shabbos in Rishus Rabbim, he puts his air in Rishus Yachid, or he wants to spend Shabbos in Rishus Yachid, and he... And, um, He's, he puts his erev in Rishus Rabbim. Uh, so again, he's, spend, he's spending Shabbos uh, um, to, in Rishus Rabbim. Rishus doesn't mean to spend Shabbos there, Mamish. It means the place where he would eat that erev tchum and uh, wherever it would be. If he would go, if he go to the erev and eat it on Shabbos, you know, on Shabbos, where is the place he would do so? So ain't the erev. So in that case, if if one is in Rishus Yachid and the other is in Rishus Rabbim, the Arab is in Rishus Yachid, he's and he would eat in Rishus Rabbim. Vice versa, it's not considered an Arab. She eventually lohitzi Rishus Yachid, Rishus Rabbim, binashmas lebaveira. It's impossible for him to take the Arab out of the Rishus Yachid into the Rishus Rabbim. Vice versa, uh, except for doing an aveira, the prohibition of carrying. And therefore, since the place he put the Arab and the place he intended to eat the Arab are two places where they're not compatible, the Arab is not valid. A person intends to spend Shabbos, which we said means the place where he would eat the Erev. In Rosh Yachid or in Rosh Rabbim, and the Erev is in the Carmelis. So he intends to eat the Erev in a Carmelis. And the Erev itself is in Rosh Yachid or Rosh Rabbim. The Erev is valid. Because at the time the Erev is acquired, so to speak, in other words, the time the Erev takes effect, which is when Shabbos begins between sunset and nightfall, you are allowed to carry from one of the two Rishus of Rosh Yachid or Rosh to a Carmelis. Even though that's a rabbinic prohibition on Shabbos, in the, the, the time frame, in the time slot between sunset and nightfall, it's permitted to carry one to the other for the purpose of a mitzvah, which is Bechal, the only reason why you're supposed to make an Erev in the first place. Anything which is rabbinic in nature, the Chacham did not uh, enforce their prohibitions of Shabbos in deference for a mitzvah that you want to do, or in the case of an urgent need, which is. Um, uh, not the ideal situation, but still permitted to make an area of tchumen because of because of an important need. 
truth is, in the end of halacha vav, the Ram didn't say it has to be. I mean, the but if it's not super important or nor mitzvah, it's just a devar rishus. It's still considered to be an eruv. So in a situation like that, I don't know if it would be valid. But if it was for a, 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 a mitzvah or an urgent need, then it would be valid because then in that scenario, you may carry from a karmelis to a vishosiyachad or vishosiyabim or vice versa. If a person puts his eruv in a, in a closet, let's say in, 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 a, in a box or in a safe, and he locked it, and he lost the key. If he can take it out of that box without doing a biblical malacha, the of the Erev counts. Even though by doing so, you'll probably have to do an Isidra Abanon. It's still an Erev. Because Ben Ashmash is the time between sunset and nightfall, which is when the Erev takes effect. Uh, the, 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 um, the prohibition of doing a rabbinic act, a Shavuos, uh, is not enforced for the sake of a mitzvah. Only a malacha is forbidden. Therefore, when the Erev takes effect, he can theoretically, it's, it's accessible without doing a malacha. He puts it at the top of a reed, or the top of a kundus, which is translated here as a shaft, um, which is going out of the ground. In that case, putting the Erev there, it's not an Erev. Even though, you're usually allowed to use something going out of the ground. It's only only it's the to use things going out of the ground on Shabbos, because you might come to tear off a branch. Ben Ashmashes, the Ish Darbanan shouldn't be enforced. Still, the Din is eight, it's not an Erev, because Shemi is going to break off the reed. In this case, Chazal enforced it even Ben Ashmashes, for reasons the Ramam explains in Pirish Hamashnais. And if the reed was detached, it was just stuck in the ground, but it was not actually uh, growing from the ground, in that case, the Erev is kosher, because there's no Ish Darbanan to use it. Whoever a person puts an Erev, he, he has four Amas in every direction to carry the, the, uh, the Erev. So the Fichan, therefore, what's the practical relevance of that? A person who puts his Erev exactly at the edge of the Tchum, 2,000 Amas away, outside the Tchum, so he wants to extend the Tchum by 2,000 more Amas, and the Tchum, uh, you know, he's around the Chala rolls, they roll away, they roll 2,000 Amas outside the Tchum. Sorry, is the Erev? The Erev still, and I guess the, the case over here is where they rolled out before Shabbat started, so the Erev still counts. is If the Erev did not leave the Shabbos, limited, the limits of the Shabbos area, if it rolled more than two amas away, any Erev, it's not an Erev. Because it's outside of the Chum. A person puts an Erev outside of the Chum, the Erev doesn't count. He can't reach the Erev, he's not allowed to go there to get it. And therefore, if it's past the Chum, it is not valid. Because you have to be able to reach the, the, the Erev on Shabbos, and then, if you reach the food in, on Shabbos, that, by, by that becomes the place you spend Shabbos, that extends your Tchum 2,000 Amas more. In this case, you can't go there because it's outside the Tchum. If it's within two Amas outside the Tchum, in that case, it's within the original four Amas, so then the original four Amas square, so it's considered like it's still where, still within reach of the individual who walks to the edge of the Tchum. But past that, no good. If the air rolled out two, two Amas outside the Tchum, as you said in the previous halacha, oy ovad or it got lost and this stuff got burned. or is truma, which only a kain may eat and it has to be pure, but it became impure. In all these cases, the it's the 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 food became inaccessible. If happened before Shabbos started, any erev it's not an erev. Misha it happened after Shabbos started. The erev is good. 
Why is it good if the fruit is lost? Because when do you establish the area of Benashmashas? And if it's after Benashmash, if it's one shot once Shabbos started after nightfall, whatever happens afterwards is irrelevant. If we're not sure if it was before Shabbos started or afterward, the Erev counts, Shafik Erev Kasha, because when it comes to a doubt of Erev, you, you say it's Kasha. Uh, you're lenient. And therefore, the Erev was eaten in the time frame between sunset and nightfall. And we're not sure if Shabbos started yet because we're not sure if Shabbos starts at sunset or at nightfall. The Erev counts because we rely on the fact that Shabbos starts at nightfall, excuse me, at sunset. And therefore, once the Erev was was lost or burned, it was after sunset. And therefore, Shabbos, we, we rely, on the, rely on the assumption that Shabbos already started. If a person... Uh, two people say to one person, "Say of go make an error for us. They make him an agent, a shliach. and he makes an error for both of them. One of them he makes the error before Shabbos starts, before sunset, and he puts it you know wherever, wherever you know, let's say in in, in let's say uh, in a, in a place uh, wherever they want him to, or they let him choose perhaps. The second person he forgot he remembers after sunset or after sunset he goes he makes it for that guy as well, right after sunset." And the one who he made an heir for him before sunset, his heir got eaten just after sunset. And the one who he made an heir for him just after sunset, his heir was eaten after, got eaten after nightfall. Now, if you say Shabbos starts at sunset, the one whose heir was, was uh, made before sunset is fine, because when it was eaten, it was after sunset, so when Shabbos started, his heir was good. But the one whose heir was made after sunset, and then got eaten after nightfall, that air is no good because it was set, it was made after sunset. And if you say that the Shabbos starts at nightfall, not at sunset, then the one whose air was made, um, one whose air was made uh, before sunset and got eaten after sunset is not good because it was eaten before Shabbos started. The one whose air was made after sunset before nightfall, but then got eaten after nightfall, that air is good. So which, whichever way you look at it. One of the two is no good. So both of them require the Erev. Because is a Suffolk if it's Shabbos or not Shabbos. Suffolk Erev Kasher. Since each one of these Erev is a Suffolk, we can say they're both Kasher. It's not a contradiction because one is not dependent on the other. Each individual can look at his Erev and say, my Erev is a Suffolk and therefore it's Kasher. If you're in the time period between sunset and nightfall, to go to go make an error at the outset that you should not do because you shouldn't put yourself in a situation of suffolk in the previous case he made the he tried to make the error before it just didn't uh, didn't work out if he did make the error between the error is valid it's interesting that i'm going to use the term suffolk it's a doubt if it's night nightfall or not presumably he's referring to the time of but maybe he even means uh you're not sure if it's you know it's Ben Ashmashis. So you're just not sure if it's if it's if it's nightfall or not. Alright, I'm not sure. Halachi Dalad. Nafal ala Erev Galu Ediyim, if before Shabbos started, you made the Erev, but then an avalanche fell on it. If you're able to, you're, to uh, take remove the Erev and access it without doing a biblical malacha, even though stones are mukta, but you're not gonna have to carry them for Amis. Because when Shabbos starts Ben Ashmashis, you're allowed to access the Erev, which is that Kinas Erev, because that time Ben Ashmashis is when you establish the Erev, and you're allowed to, uh, for the purposes of a mitzvah, uh, to get to the Erev and make it accessible so you can do whatever you need to do, which is the reason why you made the Erev in the first place, the Tzarek Mitzvah. 
or for any other necessity, that is uh, a time where you're allowed to access the area of, even though you're going to have to move mukta stones. If the avalanche fell and after Shabbos started for certain after nightfall, is for sure good. Even though you can't get access it without doing a biblical malacha. Because once Shabbos started, the Erev is valid, and after that, we don't care what happens. We're not sure if, it, if the avalanche happened before Shabbos started or after Shabbos started. Raise a kosher, the Erev is valid, shelf like Erev kosher, because again, all situations of doubt by Erev are kosher. Now that Adam clarifies the situations of doubt where you don't say the Erev is kosher, we'll see the reason. If you have truma, which is special bread only a queen is allowed to eat, it must be pure. And if it's tamay, you're not allowed to eat it. And we're not sure if it became tamay or not. It's suffolk tamay. And it's a biblical doubt. The pasha's over here. The erev is not, is not kosher. Because it's not fit to eat. And practically speaking, the person is not, is not allowed to eat it. So, or more specifically over here, this it's not a question of the erev is kosher, which is, which is a rabbinic doubt. There's a biblical doubt over here regarding the validity of the the uh, the Erev. Uh, 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 the, the biblical, there's a biblical doubt whether or not this um, food is allowed to be eaten. And therefore the Erev is possible. The truth is, I wonder if you could explain that even if the case over here is where the Truma is Suffolk Tameh, uh, Suffolk Tameh, and the Tumah itself is Darabonon, so it's a Suffolk Darabonon, if you could say it's still not an error because the fact is not allowed to eat it and therefore it's not an accessible meal. The person had in front of him two loaves of bread, both of truma. Which one is Whichever one is the tar one, that's my error. And he puts both loaves of bread not touching each other, uh, you know, close by to each other, right next to each other. And that's where his Erev is. Erev does not count. There's nothing he can actually eat over here. Because one of these two is Tommy. He doesn't know which one it is. He doesn't, he, the Erev has to be theoretically edible. And here, the fact that one of them is Tommy, he doesn't know which one it is, restricts him from eating either of them. Look at the design. Amar, he says, this, this loaf of bread, which is, which is uh, not, it's a regular loaf of bread, it's not holy. Tomorrow, meaning it's Friday, that day, this is when Shabbos starts, basically, it becomes sanctified. The Erev, which of course means you're not to eat, it belongs to the Migdash. He has to redeem it and give the money for a carbon. So the Erev, he uses it for an Erev. He says, the Erev counts. Because Ben Hashemash is the time between sunset and nightfall. It, we're not sure if Shabbos started yet, and therefore, it's not for sure hectish yet. But it was fit to eat when she, before Shabbos began. So therefore, um, uh, when 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 um, when Ben when the Erev takes it takes effect, it's not for sure hektish, and therefore it's theoretically accessible, which is very interesting because you would say, well, the moment Shabbos starts, that's the, whenever that is, that's the moment this bread becomes hektish, and that moment, that's when the Erev takes effect as well. Therefore, he can't access the bread because it becomes it becomes hektish and off limits the moment Shabbos starts. We don't say that. We say that um, we say that uh, that Ben Hashemoshes. Between sunset and nightfall is when the air takes effect, but uh, but the, it, it not necessarily did it become hectic yet, and therefore the air is valid. Foods considered accessible. Very interesting. If he says he says that this loaf of bread I'm making it sanctified today, and tomorrow it's when Shabbos starts, it's no longer sanctified. It's it's it's, it's unconsecrated. I guess he has a gimmick where he has like money set aside that he says that when Shabbos begins, this hectic bread is hereby deconsecrated. Uh, at the expense of this money, the money becomes hectic. Then, 
you can't make an air with it. She ain't a real It's not fit to be eaten. Um, to be to become non-hectish after Shabbos starts already. So we're not certain that the hectish has has departed until Shabbos actually start, until nightfall, and that time it's too late. It's, it's too late to establish an eruv. A person has, let's say, uh, wine. And he separates one cup of the wine, for example, uh, from the barrel. And he says, this is truma. But he makes it tonight that this cup I separated should only uh, be considered truma once at nightfall. So therefore, until, until then, you can't eat in the barrel because truma has not been separated. I mean, it's been physically separated, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been actually uh, de- declared. You cannot make an Erev with the wine of the barrel. Because, or the wine you separated for that matter. Because it is Tevel. It's, it, the it, truma has not been separated from it all, all the entire time of Benashmashis. It has to be theoretically uh, edible the, moment, the moment before Shabbos begins. And it was not because it doesn't take effect. It doesn't, the truma is not considered halakhically separated until, until, until nightfall. Someone puts his Erev in a cemetery. Any Erev is not an Erev. It doesn't count. It is forbidden to derive benefit from a cemetery. Uh, since he wants the Erev to, 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 to last, once and when it takes effect, he's deriving benefit from a cemetery. That's not allowed. So he puts it in a... I think this applies only to a Jewish cemetery. If he puts it in a Beis HaPros, is a field, uh, some area where there is a somewhere there there's a grave that was once buried we don't know where it is and it was plowed and now there's a possibility that the plow the the the, the, the blades that, that that tear through the earth maybe took a part of this the corpse and spread it throughout the field now there's uh, there's little pieces of, of of corpse and bone throughout the uh, throughout the field in which case it, it's considered a suffolk if, if, if you're your Suffolk tell me if you go there hey, so Erev, the Erev counts if you put it in such a place uh, even if the person who made the Erev was a Kayin who's not allowed to go to Beisar Pras or biblically prohibited for a non-Kayin it's, it's permitted because it's not really considered a cemetery it's just a Suffolk but for a Kayin it's, it's rabbinically forbidden to go there because maybe the place he's going has some uh, bone under it on the ground he's still allowed to go he's still, it's still kosher for the Kayin he can enter the area in like a in like a a, a, a a tower in other words a compartment if you have like a people are carrying him in a box so there's space between between him and the ground and based on what we'll just learn in Hilchus Tumantara there's a way for Kayin to go there theoretically Migla Prayach means a a, 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 a a compartment which is um, which can travel through the air by being carried or theoretically he could um, sift through the earth. There's a way to to uh, to purify a or to to, to kosher, so to speak, to kosher a uh, based on process. You take all the topsoil, a certain amount of topsoil from the entire surface of the field. You sift through it, and you take out any possible bones that you find, chips of bones, and the rest of it. The field is tahar. That's how why a kohen, if he puts his base, his if some if he puts his or if someone puts for him. Is Erev Tchumen in a Beis Hapras? It's still a kosher. It's still valid. If many people wanted to do to participate in Erev Tchumen, so you have a whole community of people, a whole shul, a whole yeshiva wants to walk together far outside the Tchum. Kabbos and Kulim Eruvan, they all gather their Erev together. Uh, 
two meals for every single individual. And they place it all in one vessel in whatever place they want to place if they're for the Erev. If one person makes Erev on behalf of all of them, he has to uh, acquire to them through someone else. As, you, as Ruben gives it to Shimon, it says to Shimon here, acquire all this food on behalf of all the people in the yeshiva. He has to inform them. You cannot make an error for other for another person unless he agrees, unless he consents. Maybe he doesn't want to make the error of on the same side you do, or he wants, maybe he doesn't want to make one at all. If you informed him about it before Shabbos started, perhaps even even though he did not desire it, he did not say clearly that he agrees to it until after nightfall. Here's the air of the air of counts. It, 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 it qualifies. If, however, he didn't even inform him until after nightfall, he's not used with that air of You can't have an air of established after it's already nightfall. Anybody who can take possession on behalf of other people, he can do so as well. Whoever is not able to acquire on behalf of other people, for example, a minor, he can also not do so regarding Erev A person can give an amount of money, a ma, to another person, a homeowner, as opposed to a merchant, that that person should buy bread for him, and make sure make Erev Tchum on his behalf. And you can assume that he did, that he did, the shlichus. Avin Masan lechem the tanachem. However, he gives he gives the money to a storekeeper, a baker. Lama he tells him zechelim v'mayazu. Have someone be zayche on my behalf with this ma some food and make an air for me. And erev, it's it's not you know it's, we don't we don't assume the erev has been established. Maybe he forgot. Um, the imam if he tells. Uh, Yeah, so maybe he forgot. If he tells him if he tells him that I want you to make I want you to make an error for me with this uh, so we we assume that the storekeeper made an error that he's gonna buy bread and other other types of food and will make an error on his behalf since he was more specific. Um he didn't tell him to have someone else in the first case he says, "Have someone else take this mall and make an error for me." And you know, you, you make basically the, you make the storekeeper or the, or the baker a shliach to have someone else make the error for you. In this case, you're asking him directly to make the error for you using the, his food that you're buying from him. So that he'll remember. If he gives him a vessel, he tells him, "She says, put food in here." Or I'm sorry, um, here, take this keli, not money. He can take this item. And in exchange for this, this is my payment for uh, for food, and I want you to make the make an error for me with the food. So in that case, he he can he could he the storekeeper could take the food and make an error for him. In other words, we assume that Itaka did that, and therefore we assume the error has, has been made in its kosher. Person can make an error on behalf of his of his sons and daughters who are below bar mitzvah or his non Jewish uh, servants and maid servants. Uh, whether they have, they have, whether he has their agreement or not, when he makes the error for his household, everyone's included. Everyone meaning the minors and his servants. If he makes an error, if they make their own error, then his error is the is the is the error, not theirs. Whether they 
a person cannot make an error for his adult children or his Jewish servants or maidservants or his wife, unless they, uh, unless they consent. Even though they rely on his table, they rely on his pocketbook, he supports them. If he does make an Erev and they heard and they don't protest, and then they're part of the Erev. If they protest, they're not part of the Erev. If he makes an Erev for them and they make an Erev for themselves, that's the, there's no greater Machah than that. And therefore, they're, they're, they, they rely on their own Erev, not his Erev. Now, every single individual has to have two meals. He has to make enough food for two meals for every person as part of the Erev. But Katam and Sheshon Veshvach is a child who's six year, years old or less. Yetz Ve'avimah is part of the Erev of his mother. Uh, he doesn't have to have two, you don't have to make an additional portion of two meals for every child who's under, under six years old. They're part of, they're part of their mother's uh, meal cheshbon. Uh, the person wants to send his Erev to whatever place he wants to make it to somebody else, to a Shliach, and Yichel, to put it down there for him, the place where he wants to establish his residence for Shabbos, so to speak. He may do so, he doesn't have to walk there himself. He can hire somebody to do it for him or ask someone to do it for him. When he sends him, he cannot send him to somebody who is a deaf mute, mentally incompetent, or a minor, nor to somebody who does not agree and believe in the mitzvah of Erev, like a heretic or a goy. If he does send it to such a person, in Erev, Erev does not count. So he can, that person cannot put it in that space for him. If he sends it to some one of these individuals who cannot make an error for you, he tells him to give it to somebody else. So he tells you, go walk 2,000 Amas down the road, give it to Yankel, and Yankel will make the error for me. That the person who is uh, the kosher person would would make the error for him and put it in the place in the proper place. that counts. If he sends it to a monkey or an elephant or an Uber, but who private? He has to stand from afar. He has to actually visually see this person reach that person from afar, and that and, and then he can be confident that the other person will make the error. Many people, a group of people, who have joined together in the they can they can all have one person make it for them. They can send it to him, and he can do it for them on all their behalf. So one bachar can make it on behalf of all yeshiva. Of Gimel will learn that the agent who the shliach makes the erev has to follow instructions; otherwise, it doesn't count. When one person or many people tell an individual. Go make an error for me or for us. He goes, he makes an error, and he chooses the direction because he didn't tell him. That's that, that's an error, and it counts. Because he did not designate any side for him, and 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 therefore he can choose. In fact, even if the guy was saying, "I had a, I had a mind, I thought you understood to make it towards the east," and he said, "No, I didn't know, I made it to the west." The fact is, it still, it still counts as an error because he didn't tell him. Uh, specific instructions. So, Erev if someone tells his fellow, Erev but tomorrow make the Erev with with uh, dates. Begregus, he made it with dried figs. Begregus, but he tells him make it with dried figs. tomorrow makes it with dates. Alma, he tells him, make put put the Erev in a, a tower or a closet. he puts in a dove a dove nest. Shevach, he tells him put in a dove nest. he puts it in a, in, a, in, a, in a closet. Bias, but he tells him put it on the, on the ground floor. Vanicha but he put it in the second floor. Baliyah, he tells him put it in the second floor in the attic. He puts in the ground floor. It's not an error because he transgressed deliberately what the person told him. He tells him, however, make an error for me in any, in any, in any uh, capacity. And he made the error for him. Whether he made the dry figs or dates. 
or the ground ground floor or the attic or is an Erev, because you didn't give him specific instructions, it's an Erev. It's a valid Erev. Just as you say a bracha when you make an erev chetzeres, you if one person making an Erev on behalf of many people, Emery says, With this Erev, it should be permitted to someone. For the people of this place, the people of the city, to travel from this location, 2,000 Amish in every direction.